Every time I hear those first three notes, I think it's tightened up by Archie Bell and the Drills. Because we Hi, everybody. I'm Archie Bell and the Drills from Houston, Texas. And we're going to sing or dance just as good as we want. That was a great song, as a matter of fact. Anyway, welcome to Family with... Co-host, Catherine Brandt. And Andy Brandt-Bernard. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Oh, what? We can go to Taco, Terrible Taco <laughs> Tuesdays at the Marlin Stadium. Their tacos are terrible there. We they thought are? we thought we're in Miami. You should be able yeah. to get a decent taco. They were terrible. They were both hers and mine. We had two different kinds, and they were both terrible. And I, it, I think Andy, what happened was that they let them sit around for a few days and then put them back on the on the shelf. I, they, they tasted old. Days. They tasted really old. They really did taste old. <clears throat> so I don't know what they Did you know that that stadium only holds 35,000 people? Really? Yeah. I guess the Marlins have never gotten a big crowd. No, they never have. They don't they don't have a big fan base for some strange reason. That's kind of weird, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You would think that with a city like Miami, so many people that they would enjoy going to a game. It's a beautiful it's a nice stadium. It needs does need in my opinion, a power wash. Yeah, I was telling people on the air that you said that this morning. Everything in yeah. Florida needs a power wash all the time. Yeah, you know, it really does need a power wash all the time because all the mm-hmm. rains and the humidity and stuff, things need to be really yeah. bleached down. The entire down. state's kind of just dirty all the time, but there's nothing you can do about that. Well, yeah, you know how the um, how old was the Metrodome when they finally tore it down? Um, Metrodome. It opened in, what, 82? Two, I think. Yes, it opened in 82. 2013, yes, it, it looks like it was demolished. Oh. That was uh, 10 years ago already? Yeah. Because it, sure look, it looked 30 years. terrible when they finally Did tore it? it down. Yeah, we went to one last game there, and like the paint was chipped all over the railings, yeah, and it, it just was not maintained. Mm. I guess they won another, I don't know, $16 million to redo that stadium over at the University of Minnesota, and that's mm-hmm. not that old. No, it's not. Mm. But the Marlins Stadium is not that old. I think it was 20, uh, 2011. Oh, is that right? I think so. Because <clears throat> they it had was a, a nice stadium. They had another stadium that had a pool and a and an aquarium. You talking about the yeah, Lone Depot Park? Yeah, Lone Depot yeah, Park. Yeah, Lone Depot Park. It was it. Marlins Park, and now it's not. It was built in. Um. It's going to be a bit. I think it was 2011. It was 2012. 
2012, they built it. Okay. Yeah, so it's not that old, but yeah, you just, uh, just when you've got these elements down here with all of the rain and the sun and the heat, you're just going to have to keep things uh, tip top shape all the time. Yeah, it was interesting. I was reading an article about that stadium and it costs like 435 million to build Mm -hmm. but by the time they get done paying off all of the debt and the loans and the interest rates and all of the stuff that i mean they take money from all over the place to get these stadiums built it's going to be like a a billion something a billion because of all of the interest rates that they have to pay i guess Mm. all these stadiums turn out to be like billions of dollars uh, yeah, our our the U.S. Bank Stadium that was a, like a billion too, wasn't it? I think. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Im- it's ridiculous, and they were talking about the decision to move it out to um, Little Havana, which is probably a mistake, um, just because the roads are very tiny there, and I guess they only have six thousand parking spots for that whole stadium. Oh, yeah, there's nowhere to park. There's there. nowhere to park. I mean, people will not be inconvenienced and pay 100 bucks a ticket to go see a baseball game. They just, just won't. It was. It was $100 a ticket. Well, we bought nice tickets. We were right behind the dugout. U.S. Bank Stadium was indeed $1.2 billion. I thought that was a number. I mean, it's incredible. <clears throat> it is a lot of but money. But I wonder what it will end up being. <laughs> yeah, that's different, right? By the time everybody pays off all their loans because the state only gives them so much money and the franchise only gives them so much money. It all has to be, I mean, that kind of money when you're paying interest, I don't care if you get a really good rate, it's a lot to pay back. And the taxpayers pay all of that, do they not? The team doesn't pay any of that, do they? Uh, All the state, yeah, the bonds and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 It's a lot of money to be watching sports, but I just yeah thirty five thousand. That was it. You, you didn't spend a billion dollars in a stadium that only holds thirty five thousand people. Well, like I said, once again, they where they decided to put it and how much land was available, um, and the fact that the Marlins have never gotten big crowds. They used to have an all purpose stadium where their football. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and that held a lot, but it was not a good ball stadium. But the problem is with that whole... They've won two World Series and they still don't have any fans? Well, they've got fans, but not like, you know, they don't have a big fan base for some reason. So what neighborhood is that in again? Little Havana. It is Little Havana. Mm -hmm. And if you ever go to a game at uh, Lone Depot Stadium... Not likely, but go on. I probably wouldn't go for a stroll around the neighborhood right around the stadium if I were you. <laughs> that place looks really dangerous. Areas around stadiums are always crappy. It's weird. Yeah, I suppose that's true. They well, keep the, la- the price down. Yeah, the land's cheaper. Um, I mean, I guess. you're spending a billion dollars and you have to worry about cheap land. I know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Seems weird. That is so weird. Andy, you weren't old enough to remember when when uh, Met Stadium was out there where the Mall of America is now. No, I don't think so. Anyway. Oh, no, no, I know that's the, because the, the stadium was built in 82, so you weren't even born yet. That is very true. God, I see, that's the thing about looking back at this stuff. I just cannot believe that Met Stadium, the old original Met Stadium, was disappeared 40 years ago. Jesus. Yeah. Time's a flying by, Andy. That's all I have to say. That was a nice location for a stadium. Oh, I love that. I prefer that from going downtown and dealing with all the parking and all the crap. Because we've got such crap weather. 
having to walk through it. What do you mean opening day's Thursday? It's going to be 37 for the high. Yeah, we took the train down to Miami because the uh, weather is, you know, I mean, the traffic can be terrible. And yeah. the, and right. the game sure was a can. night game. Yeah, and we had to deal with, you'd, you'd have to go through Fort Lauderdale and Miami. And the traffic down there is just terrible. Plus, Miami is kind of a maze, and unless you know it, you can get lost real easily and spend a ton of time trying to find anything. But we took the train, and it was just, it was so amazing that you could just take this clean, nice train. There were a a couple of drunk guys. Mm. It was on the way back. Yeah. It was only, yeah, there were a couple of drunk guys, but it was the... The, or was a company drunk? Yeah, a company drunk deal, and the boss <laughs> oh. was trying to impress his a his salary workers. man. Eh, yeah. I don't know what he was, but he was obnoxious as can be. He was really obnoxious. As a matter of fact, he started barking at me, and I'm like, "Why don't you calm down?" Yeah, but you know, you're gonna. Anytime you're in public, you're gonna encounter some jerk. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but people just feel like. They can act like jerks these days. Well, the funny thing is, Andy, we met them on the way down there and just happened to be on the same train on the way back because they, I don't think they went to the game, did they? No, they were at a company function. <clears throat> company function, yeah, exactly. But uh, there's this one, one younger guy, looked a lot like JB, as a matter of fact. He, looked, he, he could be JB's cousin, there's no doubt about it. Just very, very pleasant guy, a really nice guy, and he was just very... I, I, what was he asking you about? He stopped well, and talked. They, they were sitting in our seats. Oh, that's right. They were. And I, can, I don't like to d- ride in a train um, facing the wrong way. Right. It c- can sort of get me a little motion sick. So they were sitting in my seat, our seats, which I specifically picked so that it was going the proper way. Because mm-hmm. half the seats on the train go face this way and half of them face the other way. So he was sitting there and I looked at him. And I got this like panicky look on my face. He's like, "Is that? Are these your seats? You're okay. It's okay." And I'm like, "I'm like, I just get a little panicky because I don't want to sit backwards." He's like, "I was there real time. I saw mm-hmm. the panic in your eyes." <laughs> he did. And yeah. got up and he's like, "Here's your seat." I'm like, "Thank God." It's interesting because I have really bad car sickness, but I can sit backwards in a train no problem. I really? can do it, but I just prefer not to. Uh, I don't know what it. I mean, I. It's not like I will go throw up or something. It just unsettles me for some strange uh, reason. Yeah. So Andy, we happened to be riding down on the train with them, and then we went to the baseball game, and then we happened to be on the same train train riding back with the same people, but that two and a half three hours went from. Hey, I know. I saw the panic in your eyes. And the next time we saw him, three hours later, let me just tell you yeah. something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty bad. They were hammered. And then we get um, they the Bright Line provides a shuttle bus from the station in downtown Miami out yeah. to the stadium, and we get on we get on the bus, and across the aisle from us is the most Nordic looking guy. Oh God, yes! In the world, and of course, he has a twins twins uh, jersey or a hat on or something. No, I'm like, a t-shirt. Okay, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you're clearly from Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He looked about as Swedish as they got. Yeah, I was like, yeah. What was his name? Do you remember? Bill. Bill. His name was Bill, and Bill called his dad. And then uh, when we're getting off the bus, he said, do you mind if we take a picture together? I want to send it to my father. He's a big listener of yours. Yeah, I post, uh, we posted it. Oh, you posted the picture? It's on the Tom Bernard uh, oh, podcast good. page. Yep. Good. I'm glad to hear it because uh, just a really, really nice young man. He looked to be maybe 30. 
Yeah, he lives in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. Yeah, now. He doesn't live in Minnesota anymore, but he was, yeah, handsome young chap. Very, very, very nice. Just went to the game by himself. He did. We invited him down to sit with us, but he just stayed up in his seats. And that was... yeah, he doesn't want to get involved with us, I'm sure. No, but, I understand um, that completely. But yeah, it was a, it was a beautiful night. Almost oh, a God full Andy. moon, and it's got a retractable roof mm-hmm. that stadium does. Watch the Twins kick Miami's ass 11-1. to That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Two teams left in major leagues with undefeated records, both in the American League. All the teams in the National League have lost at least one game. Two teams in the American League have not lost a game. Your Minnesota Twins and your Tampa Bay Rays. Enjoy it while it lasts. Oh, what do you mean? 162-0. and I've already talked to you about this. 162-0. and That's the season this year. Well, they look, they, they look like they have good pitching. Really good pitching. Right. So, I don't know. I don't know how the Marlins are supposed to rate. Mm, I don't they think bad? they're very good. Okay. Yeah, I, should, I could look that up. Why don't you talk amongst yourself? I'm going to look up and see it, because I didn't even notice where their record was. Yeah, I haven't been to a game in so long. It was nice to be at a stadium and... And watch a night game. Oh, I agree with you. I think it's absolutely magnificent. It was, uh, Mom took a, about 15 pictures of the moon because it was hanging right I over the stadium. I was trying to get a good picture. <laughs> the reason why is a friend of mine moved to New York when we were 18 or something, and she sent back a poster that said Moon Over Miami. Right. A friend of hers had made it or something, or it was the artist on it. And I remember thinking, well, this is a strange thing to get back from you know, New York, <laughs> moving over Miami. But it was, a, it was a nice poster, and I liked it, and I had it up on my wall forever. I don't know what happened to it. But there is this specific moon over Miami that down here, because you're closer to the equator, I guess, the moon can be just absolutely gigantic. Like, you feel like you can walk to the horizon and touch it. I've never seen anything like that. I think it's a hemisphere sort of thing right. or whatever. Um, or longitudinal, would that be? Longitudinal, yes. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I was trying to send her a moon over Miami pick, and it just was not turning out. It well, just, it turned out. I thought it did it turn out. It didn't turn out like it looked. Oh, didn't it really? Oh, it was beautiful. No, it was just, a really beautiful. It was. It was very pretty. No doubt about it. By the way, I did check. So far, the Twins have played four games. They're 4-0. Oh. Uh, the two teams that we played, the Royals... And uh, the Marlins have won a grand total of two games, one apiece. So we're not like we're crushing really good teams. These two teams are not very good. Um, not at, right now, anyway. They're both neither one of them's in last place, but they're one one spot out of last place. So we shall see as it kicks forward where we end up. Uh, the Twins, uh, their first home game is supposed to be two days from now. I don't know that that's going to happen. They'll probably move that game to Friday because Friday it's going to be 50 and sunny. On Thursday, their their scheduled opening day, it's going to be 37 degrees. God. You don't want to go to a baseball game when it's 37 degrees, Oh, there will be people. There would be. Yeah, that's true. Do they have heated seats? (laughs) Yeah, there you go. I would not want to go to a game at 37 degrees. That would feel terrible. That is pretty much the deal. There's no doubt about that. I don't know. It was it was a lot of fun. That's all I know. Yeah, uh, we hadn't been to a, well. When was the last time we were at a baseball game? It was a while ago. 
couple of years. We went, no, it was last we year. We went last year because we? the – remember you did the opening pitch, yeah. recall? Oh, that's right. <laughs> Jesus, I forgot all about that special day. Yes, mm. it was Tom Bernard Day. I went to the game, yes. Yeah. I had yes, probably you, a good idea. Yeah, you did go to that game. We went to one game, and that was it, I think. No, we went to a game earlier in the year, too, I think. Did we? I don't I, don't I think we it. did. It was – oh, you know what I did? I went with Bilski. Oh, yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't like going downtown Minneapolis anymore. Well, I understand that. I absolutely understand that. Around the stadium, it's okay though. That's it. The Twin Stadium, I mean. I don't. It's the problem is Hennepin Avenue. I, it, once again, it'd be the easiest thing to police. You put cops every every on every corner until it all settles down. They but they won't do that. They ain't gonna do it. Now, I'm still talking about defund the police and all the rest. Of it. I, these psychotic politicians we have in America now. You're all nuts, every damn one of oh, you. Yeah, well, just look at the difference between the train. You can't even take the light rail. No, Everybody's God, smoking no. something or shooting up or mm-hmm. living on it. It's just, I don't know why they like it that way, but that's what the people want, so that's what they have. I don't know. Oh, wait a minute. I just saw something. Who will be the best MLB teams in 2023? Let me see where the Twins are ranked. Are Yankees got- are number one. Oh, Mets, of course, of course. Astros, Padres. The ones, what, what do you the mean? ones that spend the most are better, most likely the ones that will win. I suppose you might be right about that. I just I don't know the Yankee, but the Yankees are always picked to be the best. That's all there is to it. Wait a second, the Twins are picked fifteenth. What? Well, like I said, they probably go by the players' rankings. We do have two or three really poor batters. Uh yeah, that's true. M- Michael A. Taylor has always had a problem hitting the ball, but he's a great. A center fielder, and he's t- keeping Buxton uh, safe and unhurt, so that's a very important part of it. And Kepler did hit a home run yesterday, but he's I think he's batting like .60 or something like that. Not good for a professional baseball or player. Or .06 or whatever the hell it is. Uh, yeah, he's he's not doing very well. But, yeah, you know what? I kind of like that. The Twins are picked to, to finish right in the middle of the pack, and yeah, so. now they're undefeated. So uh, yeah, it could go either way. We could we'll go see. down or we could go up. Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabanco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> okay, how about that? Is that better? Can I can hear, hear you. Okay. Actually, I went to the site to see if you were on. Yeah, that's what it was. And uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, what's this button for? But it was indeed a button that got pushed that I probably pushed. But okay, we're Most all likely. Now, though. <laughs> Somebody yeah, pressed Jesus. a button. You know what it is? It's just... 
it's this pending weather event that's got me all in in a in a in a tiz here. Um, yeah, there's a weather event. That makes sense. Well, isn't there supposed to be a storm? No, a snowstorm today. Another one. Another one. Jesus. Um, I don't think yeah, snow, snow slash rain. Same for tomorrow. Uh, Let's see. Snowstorm and shove it. It is going to thunderstorm tonight. Or oh, yeah. after snow? No, Here's what no they're snow. saying. Windy with a few morning flurries, no accumulation, though. Then rainy and windy this afternoon. Then a thunderstorm tonight. Then rainy and windy tomorrow with a few thunderstorms again. On Wednesday, very windy with rain changing to a brief period of light snow with a high of only 37. <laughs> So no blizzards uh, or anything, but a lot of rain. You know, then they backed off of that. Uh, uh, you know, the, I, what was it? Just a couple days ago, it was going to be snow and rain possibly turning to ice. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they do that all the yep. time. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that's fine. That's totally fine with me, man. So you can do yeah. it. Good. So yeah, I actually, I don't see anything out in the hinterland. So uh, that's good. I but have I was a. How it was with you guys? A listener wanted to know about a movie. For once. Oh, sure, sure. We can That's talk about a movie. Um, because we were talking about AI all day yesterday, uh-huh. uh, Angela wanted to know if any of us have seen Megan. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yep. You yes. have. Yes. I have not. Very entertaining. Uh, yeah. I guess, you know, it's kind of creepy. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, you know, that somebody was comparing it. I just Funny enough, earlier today I was reading an article or I saw a headline. About that, about 2001, A Space Odyssey, and HAL, the artificial mm-hmm. intelligence, uh, in yep. that, and Stanley Kubrick movie. Stanley Kubrick, yay. Who said that, Tom? Stanley Kubrick, yay. I'm guessing Jim Carrey. Stanley Kubrick, yay. No, it was Kanye, remember? Oh, it was Kanye. That's right. <laughs> I remember that now. Yes, okay. Yeah, so. Yep. Yeah, it's, you know, Megan uh, eventually becoming uh, her own thinking being that doll. Mm-hmm. Or actually, not a doll, even. It's it's supposed to be a girl, except for it's a robot, it's a robot that mm-hmm. takes on a personality and is quite a mean little shit. <laughs> By the time <laughs> the movie comes to an end. A lot of young uh, and, of course, the ending suggests that there will be more. Um, but... You know, isn't it funny that AI stuff, people are, I think it's going to start screwing over people with online and with the way that you can generate, uh, what is that called? Andy, What we talked about it a few weeks ago when you, deep fake. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you start to combine all these sorts of things. It kind of gets scary. Oh, don't, don't, can't AI generate imagery? Yeah. Of people? The new, the new stuff can read images. The new it's, AI. Mm-hmm. Before you know it, it's going to be the goddamn Terminator all over the place. Yep. That was all AI. So there yes, you go, indeed. baby. That's where we're headed. Got to develop one of those ray guns that stops them. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure something like that is already in the works. I hope Who so. I, I want one. I don't want any robots coming to get me. No, I don't either. Right hey, now, we can't bee? even handle weather balloons. No. So-called no, we weather cannot. balloons over the Jesus. U.S. Hey, uh, Not the Bee's got a scoop. Um, apparently, uh, Clint Eastwood is finally retiring at 92 years of age. Is he really? Oh. He's announcing that he's day, f- making... I was just he- reading that he was going to make one more film. Yep. 
That's what it, he, there was an announcement that he's making the final Warner Brothers movie before riding off into the sunset. And you know what that arrogant David Zasloff said? The guy yeah. that is the head of Time Warner Discovery, whatever, Warner Brothers Discovery, the guy that's been slashing and burning everything. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he was pissed off that they let him make Cry Macho. And it's like, you know what? Clint has done a lot for this studio. And he says, nobody gets a pass around here. Oh, really? Oh. Really? Whose name are they going to remember in, you know, how many years, how many decades? It's certainly not going to be David Zasloff. It's going to be Clint Eastwood. That guy has, he's brought the studio a couple Oscars, more than a couple Oscars. I mean, he right. he, he yep. picture. Unforgiven for Million Dollar Baby. Uh, so, yeah, he had the audacity to say, well, who cares how much he's contributed here? Oh, really? Oh, yeah, Really? I got to find the quote. It's just yeah. so insulting to Clint Eastwood. His final movie is going to be a thriller titled Juror Number Two. Mm. So we can look well. forward to his last film. Although, I, I'm, you know. It's going to bum me out. It's going to bum me out. I mean, the guy has been, it, it, it almost seems, at least as a filmmaker, he's done some pretty damn memorable stuff here in the last. Well, think about, um, it's been a while, but um, the one uh, where he was, Gran Torino. Gran Torino. Oh, yeah. Um, and I don't know, did you see Cry Macho? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I liked it. it was yeah, okay. I mean, it, they're good movies. They're yeah. all good mm-hmm. movies. Before that, he did the one where he was the drug mule. The mule. The mule. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Um, is, uh, Sully. He directed that with Hanks and Aaron Eckhart. That was a terrific oh, yeah. movie. Um, he, just, he said... No one's there, gonna make a movie. there was one called Richard Jewell. Yeah. yeah. It's, about the, it's about the guy. Have you seen that movie? No, I don't think I have seen that oh, one. How old is check that? Check it out. It was the check Atlanta it out. Olympics, right? Uh, yes, it was on uh, the guy that was accused of bombing the Atlanta Olympics. Yeah. Oh, no, I've never seen that one. Well, that oh, good. I have okay, a movie put it on the list right now because the guy, the guy that does the voice in Blackbird, oh. Paul Walter Hauser. Yeah. Yeah, he is Richard Jewell. Oh. Really? Yes, and he is so good. Oh, you know, okay. that movie really got screwed. The, the thing with the movie was he called the press out on the carpet on that one. Clint Eastwood did because everybody remember how they ran with, you know, Richard Jewell did it. Richard Jewell did it. And then Richard Jewell ended up suing some outlets because of, you know, they defamed him and I believe he won, but the film only received a supporting actress nomination for Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates plays his mother uh, Paul Walter Hauser is so good as Richard Jewell. The movie, again, it's Clint Eastwood excellence. It's, you just have to see it. It is really, really amazing. All right. It's on the list. I like Clint Eastwood. Oh, yeah, he's not in that one. It's it's funny. The, you thought he was done with acting after Gran Torino, and then he's been in the last two. He's been Cry Macho and uh, The Mule. So you know, we'll see where he directs himself. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's always Clint Eastwood in the movies, which is mm-hmm. fine. 
because he's a great character anyway. But, you know, he's never been a Hollywood suck-up, so I can see where <laughs> he's been bumping into walls. Doesn't even live in Hollywood. That's what I always liked him. He lives up near San Francisco, right? Oh, really? Oh. It's in a Carmel by the Sea, yeah. California. Yep. He was the mayor, I think, wasn't he, oh, for a while? Yeah, he was the mayor right. at one point. That is a beautiful area. Very, very Could you pricey. imagine going to a city council meeting where Clint is presiding over the meeting? <laughs> you don't want to mess with that guy. Yeah, you'd just be staring at him the whole time, like, thinking of all the things you've seen him in. <laughs> well, I met him. Attention. I met him um, in uh, 90, 1990. Uh, I was uh, a greenhorn, uh, re- not even a reporter. I was writing a column for the Howard Lake Herald, and somehow I talked my way into... Um, there was a press conference. They did a retrospective at the Walker Art Center. And the Walker Art Center, they were so thrilled that this greenhorn from this uh, <laughs> newspaper out in, you know, outside of the Minneapolis came. So they arranged for me to meet him afterward. Oh, so I even got wow. a picture with him. Nice. Yeah, I even have hair in the picture. I have hair and mustache. You don't even recognize. I'm, it, I, it was before I put on my raging bull weight because we all know that I put on my 50 pounds like Robert De Niro, except for Robert De Niro took, the, took that off. And I didn't. You're fighting weight. My fighting weight. So, yeah, you, most people wouldn't even recognize it's me. I'll, I'll text it to you guys. Uh, yeah, it's quite funny. But, uh, yeah, it was a real thrill, man. And, you know, talk about a guy. And you have to remember, I mean, this is the first big movie star that I met. And it's about as big as you can get, right? right so I was yeah. just flabbergasted. But the dude put me at ease. And then there's also, he, he did a note for, um, he did a little voice message for my wife who started her uh, teaching Aww. kindergarten that day. And he said, get in there, kick ass, and take names. <laughs> there you See? go, Clint. It starts out, hey, is. Patty, this is Clint. <laughs> I got to find, I actually have that. That's on micro cassette. I mean, the dude was totally cool. Yeah. yeah. That's what yeah. I hear. Well, Never met At him. that time, he was, uh, well, 30, how many? 33 years ago. So he was just in his 60s. 59. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, he is, he is a true, you know, you hear that word icon. It's batted around quite a bit, but he mm-hmm. is a true Hollywood icon. He's just one of the few left, really. So, I was going to yeah. ask you, is there anybody left that you would consider coming up an icon now? Well, you know, I've often thought about who could possibly be the next generation of that, and there are not mm-hmm. too many no, no. people that you could consider that. So, yeah, you have your Al Pacino and De Niro and, boy, well, Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you, these guys... You know, when Clint is doing this into his 90s, you got to believe that, um, you know, hopefully Anthony Hopkins will continue, too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's in his 80s now. Uh, Christopher Walken just turned 80. What? So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Jesus. Yeah, I know, man. It, it's just going way too fast. <laughs> it so, sure is. Yeah. So, so yeah, it, you know, when you get people like that, yeah, I would consider them icons of our generation. I would, I don't know if I place Eastwood in a separate class or not. I mean, it all depends on when these people start, I suppose, but Eastwood's first picture, well, actually he was in a couple that he was like basically an extra. One of them was called Francis in the Navy, which is Francis, the talking mule 
which I've never seen. And then the other one is Revenge of the Creature, where he plays this bumbling lab assistant who loses a mouse that crawls up his sleeve. It's really funny <laughs> stuff if you look to see it. And it's a, yeah, it's a creature from the Black Lagoon movie. It's the second one. But he is in it for maybe about a minute. Um, so I don't know when Pacino and all those guys got going, but those guys are in their 70s or early 80s, too. So, yeah, yeah I guess I'd consider them all in the same class. But not too many. But think about who's who's going to take their place. Is Brad Pitt going to take their place? Mm-mm. No. Junior worthy of that? He probably I mean, is the closest one. They're terrific actors. Downey, yeah, for sure. Brad Pitt, it's hit and miss. I don't know if you saw that garbage heap called Babylon. That was a terrible movie. Looks, looks that, that, terrible. That's not to say that these people don't do terrible movies. I don't know. Has Clint done a terrible movie, though? I can't think of one. Nope. Isn't he in the painted wagon or whatever? Paint your wagon. Paint your wagon. He he actually tried singing. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, there is that. Everyone's got one stinker. Well, he's been in. He has to have been in 50 movies at this point. You know, you can't have a 100 percent success rate. No, you can't. But it's, you know, there are certain movies where you say, oh, God, they were in that. He has been in 60 movies. His very first one was Play Misty for me. Oh my Great God. movie. Great movie. Oh, really? I thought the Spaghetti Westerns were his first one. No, no. Oh, he, the his, first one he directed. Yeah, his first was, directing oh, movie. Oh, 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 oh. He, dire- he was directing way back then. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I didn't either. I thought his first direction was like 20 years ago, but no. Not even close. No, he, did, he didn't do any of the uh, Spaghetti Westerns. That was Sergio Leone. Um, and I know this because, yes, you know, I'm a nerd. And uh, I, I got a Clint Eastwood action figure, which is a 12-inch one from The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, which I recently reviewed on my YouTube channel because I'm a nerd, and I love it. Um, and <laughs> okay. so, I, of course, naturally, you do your research. I thought, well, did Clint direct one of those? No, it was Sergio Leone who directed all of them, all made in Italy. And um, Ennio Morricone did the music in that famous Good, the Bad, and the Ugly theme. That mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So he actually didn't direct any of those, but he did direct some of the Dirty Harry movies. He directed a couple Westerns. High Plains Drifter he did. Outlaw Josie Wales he did. Yeah, those are later. Uh, yeah, no, those are the, I mean, well, yeah, they're in the 70s, so later right. than the ones everyone's familiar with, yeah. I should mention this, by the way, that Christopher Walken shares a birthday with someone that I love. Would it be oh, really? Mom? March 31st mm-hmm. is Christopher Walken's birthday. Oh, I'm oh, glad to share and, and my happy birthday And happy belated birthday, Catherine. I saw <laughs> uh, your post on the Tom Bernard uh, podcast page. Thank you. You were Thank celebrating you with golf or something. Weren't you golfing or something? Yep. We golfed and went to dinner. He did. Yep. It's true. But uh, I did not know Christopher Walken was 80 years old. I would have guessed him to be maybe 75 at the latest, at the oldest. Well, Al Pacing is 82, so. (laughs) Al Pacino's 82, Al Pacing. I will never forget that. That was on the. De Niro. How old is De Niro? I will look it up right now. Keep talking amongst yourself and I'll look it up. Robert De Niro is 79. 79. Oh, so he's 80. Yeah, all of those. They're all getting up to 80, you know. God, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay, here is this David Zasloff 
um, quote about Eastwood because uh, the last couple films of Eastwood's have been lackluster at the box office. Okay. Mm-hmm, yep. And uh, Zaslav said, we don't know. We don't know. Excuse me. We don't owe anyone any favors. It's not show friends. It's show business. I, I mean, come on, cut Clint some <laughs> slack. will ya? That's and amazing. Elder abuse. Yeah, yeah. This guy in the 90s who is without question the biggest movie star on the planet today. I don't care what anybody else says. He certainly is. He is. Charlie in Albuquerque says he sat through Babylon and without Margot Robbie, it would have been unwatchable. Hmm. Well, I did review that movie uh, when it came out. And I think the best way of describing it is a movie about Hollywood excess that is excessive. Mm. They well, kind of played their own hand there. Yeah, isn't it know? basically like... Oh, um, three hours long. It's three hours and eight minutes long. Yeah. Oh, 189 God. minutes. Yeah, oh, Three hours and nine, yeah. Well, it had a budget of $80 million and a box of 63 so... Ooh. Mm-hmm. And the reason movies like that get made, and I'll say it again, I mean, you get a movie like... Um, La La Land, or because he won directing for La La Land, the director of um, Damien something, Chazelle. Chazelle, yeah. Yeah, he won an Oscar for directing that. Um, basically, it's, they're not going to question you. Yep. You know, they're going to say, okay, here you go. Here's the budget. You know, here you go, Mr. Oscar winning director. And uh, he took it and ran with it and made the hour, uh, movie three hours. And nine minutes long. Yeah, it's very self-indulgent, which is ironic. Yeah, it's a terrible movie, and and I know Sandy has seen it too. It's uh, it's just, it's torture. And thank God I didn't, you know, it was award season thing, so I had a screener, and so I didn't have to sit in the theater and watch it. That would have been painful. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, I guess you're right. Everybody is bound to swing and swing and a miss. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently that's Damien Damien Chazelle. Now, he also did Whiplash. You know, so prior to Whiplash, he did, I mean, prior to La La Land, he did Whiplash. So I can see why they trusted this guy with the keys to the store. Yeah, that, guy, that was a good movie. Whiplash was a good movie. Oh, with your, your buddy J.K., baby. J.K., yep. Another it's great true. actor. Another he great is, actor. Although people kind of assign him to the quote-unquote character actor you know, relegation, which yeah. really isn't a bad sort of thing, you know, but I, you know, I think that he is more than a character actor. Oh, um, he's very good. And you know, who else is going to make a comeback apparently is uh Pesci. Pesci's going to be another picture. Now he's like 85, isn't he? Yeah. He's up there. Uh, Harvey Keitel is another one you could place in that. Love him. Love them. modern day iconic kind of, you know, this last great generation of, of movie stars, uh, Jack Nicholson. He's another one. But Jack, uh, I don't think we're ever going to hear from him again. Apparently, he's no. been suffering from uh, dementia. So that's really. Yep. Sad. There have been pictures of him at it's been a while, maybe a year and a half or so. But, you know, he's the Lakers super fan. So there have been pictures of him at Lakers games, courtside, of course. Yeah, he, yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, really sad. And you know where he 
Oh, I think he still lives in the same place. But I think you know this story, Tom. Whose uh, house did he buy? Whose house did Marlon Brando's? Yes. I knew it. I knew it. Yes. I knew it had to be Marlon Brando's house. Did you ever, did you ever hear what Marlon Brando did with his gate? No. <laughs> what? He made, uh, he attached shrubbery to his gate at his house so he couldn't really tell where the gate was because it just looks like another, another uh, length of shrubs, right? Uh-huh. But if you, you can find there's a little little buzzer that you can push to to uh, you know get through to Marlon and let him because he would push a button in the shrubbery would open then you could come in right. Mm-hmm. But you know what he always used to do and now and again this is not me doing that this is Marlon so don't get pissed off at me. <laughs> but somebody would ring the buzzer and he would look out through the camera to see who it is and if he didn't want to talk to them he'd go. Oh, Mr. Brando, now home right now. He'll be back later. Mr. Brando, Mr. Brando, not home. It's like, Jesus, really? <laughs> it makes up a fake accent. Oh, is oh that your God. accent? <laughs> <laughs> Which, of course, today. Could they have canceled Marlon, though? Nah, probably not. Probably not. God, what yeah. a nut job that man was. What was the story you told me before about about um, him, he was on some sort of train tour and they made a stop and they presented him with, he, they gave, handed him some animal. What, what the hell story yeah, what was that? What was that? You told was me a, a story on the, that other station uh, a long time ago about that. Is, is that still in business? I'm not sure. I, I haven't listened. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know what's going on. <clears throat> yeah, I don't I know. I can't remember the name. Is it was it a cat or something? What the hell was it? Cat or or maybe it was a it wasn't a groundhog, was it? Something weird like that. Or a raccoon or some weird thing. Jesus. Hey, an actor being weird, how did that ever happen? <laughs> yeah. You know the, the interesting thing about him, and I mean if you if you go on YouTube, I mean he wasn't completely inaccessible i mean he would be on uh, dick cavett and he's got some really terrific interviews on dick cavett that's of course when talk shows well johnny was too though talk mm-hmm. shows were actually talk shows where they actually talked about things and it wasn't you know just stupid plugs for a movie or, or they the big thing now is playing games and all that sort of stuff it, they were actually oh, yeah. talking but he's got some great interviews with dick cavett if you have a, a chance to check that out I really um, liked that show, by the way. Dick Cavett was a great show. Yeah, yeah. And I think Dick Cavett is still around, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's still alive. Last oh, yeah. I checked, anyway. So, yeah. Um, he is alive, and he's 86. God. Yeah, and um, I'd say right now, if there are any great talk show talkers, it would probably have to be... Um, the guy in, on the BBC. What the hell's his name? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Graham Norton. Yeah, Graham Norton. That's actually go. a talk show, and I love the way he does it because he has about three or four people sitting there, and they are all in a conversation. I mean, yeah, they each have their turn where they talk specifically to them about 
the film or whatever the you know what's going on but everybody else is allowed to chime in and it's really really well done and it feels like an actual talk show why so, don't yeah. they want to do talk shows anymore i don't understand that i used to love to watch the johnny carson show even the joey bishop show and dick cavett no i loved watching talk television well i guess right now you have to ask where the hell is the audience for it the audiences I aren't guess. there anymore what are, what's the, what, are, what are Fallon's current? Who Somebody's under a million viewers. I know that. Oh, God. Really? Yeah. In fact, I think Gutfeld is beating him on cable because Gutfeld yeah, does something, apparently. And yeah. uh, he's beating him. Yeah. The audience isn't there anymore. No, it just is not. You're absolutely right about that. And, you know, and I try not to make a big deal out of this, whatever. I just do not understand why people think that Gutfeld's funny. I don't think he's funny in the least. (laughs) Well, I've seen clips, and some of them land. Oh, do they? Okay, well, good. Some of them land, but it's crickets, too. And it's like, uh uh-oh. Okay, I just texted a picture, the picture of me and Clint to you and Catherine. Okay, that is definitely me in the picture, though. That is definitely me in the picture. Apparently, I didn't bring my phone in oh. with me. What the hell did I do with my phone? Oh. Is it cute? Look at all that hair and the mustache. Actually, yeah, and that's, I think, well, how old would I have been? I was, uh, because you have to remember, I when I got out of school, I went to work. I worked for the federal court system for three years. Doing what? The whole plan was for me to go to law school. But oh. I mean, the passion for writing took over. And uh, so 1990, I was born in 64. So you did met 26, 27, something like that. Hey, can we post this picture on our website? Because under it, I want to put the caption, Tim Lammers, look like the host at an Italian restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> you certainly can, because people won't say, ah, that's BS, that's not him. He isn't that old <laughs> headed movie reporter. <laughs> Chase, this is what year? Tell me again. 1990. 1990, yeah. Clint was looking a little older back then. Well, he was only 59. I was there with my best friend, Brian. He took pictures for me. And it was one of these weird deals. You know, we're sitting in the front row at the press conference, and he walks down, he's standing there talking, you know, his hand in his pocket. 6'4". I mean, this, he's a big guy. Yeah, he's, he's tall. He's a very tall guy. He's And scrawny. it's just like, honest to God, the feeling was, man, he's larger than life. It was really, yeah, I was taken aback. You know, now I, I don't get too bent out of shape about, you know, people I meet or interview or whatever. I mean, it's just kind of old hat and i'm not saying this in a bragging sort of way you know tom i mean Catherine. i mean you, you talk to enough people on the show i mean you just you're more relaxed and everything like right. that yeah yep. and uh but you know i tell you what man there are certain people i certainly didn't have that feeling with al franken i tell you that much uh al franken <laughs> when'd you talk to him <laughs> i talked to i told i think i mentioned it on this show a couple times where he just didn't have time for me it's like yeah. one of them was on the phone and he kept interrupting the, the interview to take other calls. Oh, Jesus. I you know, hate it when the they third rate. And then another everything. one, you know, hurry up, hurry up. I got to get going. I got to get going. Hurry up. Uh, and then the last yeah. time was at the Prairie Home Companion um, red carpet. And before then, he was just getting ready to announce that he was running for office. 
Oh, Danny's Mr. Friendly. Mm. Oh, there you go. He needs your vote. Oh, yeah. Needed my they vote. They can use yeah. somebody. Huge yes. fan of mine. I know that. I know. I know. <laughs> you can have him on. <laughs> yeah, he's not but a big fan. What the hell did he say to you? Oh, so you're the big Tom Bernard. Oh, what did he oh, say? If it smart isn't ass the great, thing. We just yeah. talked about this. Isn't it? If it isn't the great Tom Bernard, oh, that's what he said. What a, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's like, settle down there, shrimpy. Shrimpy. <laughs> no, so isn't he? So I think the reason we were talking about him, he was like hosting the Daily Show or something. Yeah. Is that what it was? Yep. yep. They're trying to find a new it? host. Did anybody see it? Nope. More crickets for uh, Al Franken, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, I never liked that show either. That Trevor Noah or whatever his name, he was terrible on that show. Uh, I, I you know what? It. Honestly, I didn't even watch it. I didn't even watch it when Stuart was on it. No, I didn't either. The only no. time I really watched Stuart was when he, another great interviewer, in my opinion, although he was a very animated guy. Uh, who mm -hmm. was the guy? that A Tom, uh, late night guy, Tom Schneider. Oh, Tom Schneider, oh, yeah. God, and, yeah. And and near the end of Tom Schneider's career, um, John Stewart would sit in for him. And those were great, again, great talk shows, more unconventional. It was basically a guy sitting across another guy talking. And, uh, you know, but he actually had Stewart on. And I think that just a rapport that they got, from, you know, talking with each other. Then Stuart started doing some sit-in stuff with him. But I didn't watch The Daily Show. I don't know if you guys did or not. Uh, no. In fact, I was surprised. I was interviewing um, Carell, and uh, we were talking about Minnesota to start because actually Steve Carell's wife is from... Uh, she's not from here, but she worked at... She went to school here. Oh, and she okay. worked with the same friend that was with me, Brian, uh, uh, at, at a restaurant. And so I mentioned that to Steve Carell. And then Steve Carell said, yeah, I think I was up in Minneapolis doing something for The Daily Show. So apparently he was on it. So that just goes to show you how unfamiliar I am with The Daily Show. I have right. never watched. Right. It. No. I, I honestly have not watched one second of it. Well, you're it not all alone. sort of. You know, it's 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 not a it's comedy, right? But it's, they they report on serious stuff too, or what do they do? I don't even know. I mean, I when Trevor Noah was on it, it was propaganda disguised as comedy. <laughs> yeah, there's a shock. <laughs> Al Franken. Well, he already has thing. something else lined up. Believe it. Of course, he does. So I'm looking at the numbers for this year. The high this year was actually last week, March 22nd. With an audience of four hundred seventy thousand. Oh. For the Daily Show. Yep. Oh. Oh, God. oh God. Yeah, it's not great, huh? At the low point, it was two hundred sixty-five thousand. Man, that was in January. Yeah. To so, you... needless to say, uh, they they let Trevor Noah go out with some grace by saying, "Oh, I'm I'm leaving. I'm going to try different mm. things." Yeah, the uh, and, uh yeah. See. How about you just can the idea and just start with something new? How about that? Well, the key demo rating when in February 16th uh was 0 0.07. What? Yeah. 
In, is that 2554 or is that... That's uh, 1849. 1849, yeah. Television, that's right. Go Point zero. So, well, the uh, full... Oh. Um, the full demographic, 0.11 share. Oh. Yeah. Jeez. So all those talk yeah. shows are dead. They're, they're just dead. completely they're dead. Well, they're no good. There's nobody that's any good at it anymore. Well, let's see what the Gutfeld's numbers look like. Gutfeld. Yeah, let's even, see. Like uh, it's doing a lot better, but let's see. Highest it's done in the past year. Looks like it was November of last year with 2.6 uh, million. Oh, wow. I mean, but lot. you got to remember, for the longest time, cable numbers could not come close to touching broadcast. Right. right. That's right. true. So the fact that you have more cable viewers, so where, where are Fallon and uh, Kimmel and Colbert? What are the names of their shows? Um, Tonight Show. Jimmy Kimmel, is it Jimmy Kimmel Live? I can't. Uh, Jimmy, well, it's yeah, tonight. So. Yep. But tonight's show with Jimmy Fallon. I know that much. Right. That one, uh, it's averaging about maybe one point three million. That's it. Mm-hmm. Okay, God, talking about legacy. I wonder how much Johnny was pulling in in the day. Thirty million, I bet. Yeah, I mean, I now granted, big, big, he didn't have yeah. much competition. No. But no. still. Well, the final appearance had 50 million viewers, so. Whoa. <laughs> That's a lot. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I'm not besmirching Johnny by saying, well, he didn't have as much competition. He still had the, he had people tuning in, you know. Looks he like he averaged in. about 9 million per show. God. Mm. And that was the, there were a lot fewer people in America back then, too. Yeah, there were. Okay, Colbert shows called and again i've never seen this show the late show with stephen colbert let's see here late show yeah. ratings um about two million man really so and he yeah he's doing the best out of all of them and jimmy kimmel live is the name of kimmel's well aside from what, Gutfeld, at one point doing one of the three of them they were under a million now it's possible that they just creep Crept back up over that million mark, but Jimmy Kimmel, what live? Yeah, I have a feeling that's the one you're thinking of. Yeah, that's the one. Let's see here. How are you doing, Jimmy? Uh, actually, no, it's mid millions, one point something. Hmm. Okay. Well, so, maybe there was maybe it was a rerun or something. <laughs> I don't know if they even report on those. Well, I mean, Jimmy Kimmel has dipped below a million multiple times in the past year. Yeah. Yep. Now, Tom and Catherine and, and Andy, we talked about this after the Oscars. He was actually pretty damn funny at the Oscars. He was. Yep. I thought he was good. And why is the, what's the reason? He left out the politics. Yep. Yeah. Yep. A couple little small references, but for the, well, for definitely the most part, he didn't mention it. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. 
How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant we have Kristen with us all right, to get do the crossover right here, Timmy. Yeah, there you go. We were just talking about the how audiences are not tuning into late night television anymore. Talk shows are all dead. Yeah. yeah, and with James Corden exiting, this is the end of CBS's Late Late Show. It's the the show is ending. It is. So James oh. Corden is exiting uh, April 27th. There'll be a primetime show that night, and then he'll have his final broadcast in that late slot. But uh, replacing the James Corden show is going to be at midnight, which used to be on Comedy Central with Chris Hardwick. Um, I don't believe Chris is joining the show, but uh, Stephen Colbert is rebooting that show. And it's a panel game show. So huh. it's very alternative programming for that time slot. And that's yeah. kind of the end of the Late Late Show as we know it. There were only four hosts of it, too. Well, you know, it's, it's sort of funny that you mentioned the game show aspect of it because... The, the beginning of this conversation, I was mentioning how talk shows used to actually be talk shows, whereas with, you know, I guess maybe I've caught clips, but it seems like Fallon is the guy that it's really not so much about interviewing anymore. It's about playing goofy games with his guests. So, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah you so it's really not even a talk show anymore. And if you go back and remember, I mean, my grandmother was a diehard Johnny Carson fan. And mm -hmm. when he was on for an hour and a half. People would just come on and they would smoke and drink and there was no, yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. But there were no like, hey, let's go throw to the clip of the new movie that's out. They weren't promoting anything. They were literally there just to have a conversation. It was amazing. Now, the one thing I'm wondering, and maybe you know this, Kristen, I, I'm, they, they pre-interview people, right? All the shows pre-interview them so the hosts know what questions to ask. Correct. The only person and the pre-interview, just so everyone knows, is usually done by a segment producer. And then the TV host will stop by the dressing room just to say hi and kind of break the ice for a moment or two. Maybe ask a follow up question if they're not sure where the story is going to go from the pre-interview with the segment producer. The only person who would never stop in the dressing room was Jay Leno, which I thought was interesting. He would let everyone sort of like come out cold. Oh, yeah. Oh. Well, now, now, did that practice start? When did that practice start? You can't, I can't believe that Johnny had pre-interviews. I don't, I wouldn't think so either. I feel like it's a modern era, like probably 80s and later. And even though Johnny was obviously on in the 80s and early 90s, he was still old school in his way of doing things. And I think that when, if you go back and watch his last couple of episodes, you just realize it was the end of an era. Like that mm -hmm. era was never coming back. And his last guests were Robin Williams and, and Bette Midler. Yeah. 
Bette and Midler singing, singing. Was, I think one for my was baby. Crying, wasn't he? I think he he was breaking up. Maybe not. I I thought. I maybe maybe I was crying. Maybe that was it. We were all crying, but you're you're absolutely right, Tim. Actually, Johnny was crying. So he and was, for me, he was, yeah. my grandmother was no longer around. By I think it was '93, he went off the air. Is that correct? Um, and it was one of those situations. I was like, wow. I'm like, and when Johnny passed away, I was thinking he and my grandmother are probably smoking cigarettes and having a Manhattan together right now. <laughs> maybe. Probably playing cards. Maybe. She loved him. All righty. Well, I will check out. Nice to talk with you, Kristen, uh, Tommy, Andy, and uh, Catherine. Uh, well, I'll talk with you Friday, Tommy. So, But everybody Sounds have good, a good pal. week. And you have permission to use my picture uh, where I look like Luigi. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're tell, slapping it up Kristen everywhere. What that's about. But Please send on Facebook or Instagram. I want to see it. Yeah, I sent a picture uh, to Tom and Catherine. Uh, I actually met East. We were talking about Eastwood. And I met Eastwood in 1990, and uh, I'm a much different looking person then. Uh, than can I am. you send that to me? Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, Andy, I. I can. You, I'll do it. Okay. Don't worry about it, Tim. Okay. And if okay. you look like Luigi, you're perfect for Mario this weekend. So. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's it's kind of it's right. cross promotion in a way. So. You're right. You're timely. I love it, Tim. There you go. All right, everybody, Thanks, have Debbie. a great day. Thank Bye. you. Tim yeah. Lammers, ladies and gentlemen. So, Kristen Burt with us. God, it's been a long time since I talked to you. <laughs> I know. Tuesdays, you must be like, oh, my gosh, she is here again. What? Go away. <laughs> what did I ever do? I don't know. That's you did I'm... this to yourself, Tom. I, You know. I did, yes. What's going on? <laughs> it's absolutely true. Yeah, we spent a, lot, a couple of minutes talking with Tim about the the late night talk shows. That that format's just about over, isn't it? It honestly is, and I, yeah. I think like when Fallon's ready to retire, when Jimmy Kimmel's ready to retire, who's going to replace them? Like, who, is, no and one. nobody's watching. Because when I was in college, David Letterman was like the cool thing to watch. Like, yeah, he yes. was alt programming to Jay Leno. It was so much fun. And that doesn't exist anymore because in college, you don't want to sit there at 1130 at night watching a late night show. There's better things to do. You're on TikTok. You're on Instagram. Yeah, no, there's no. And that's the big problem is digital is killing late night television. That is true. Yeah, it, it is. And it's interesting too watching what's happening uh, in terms of you have politicians trying to ban TikTok and but not Instagram and not Facebook because those are American companies. So it's it's kind of interesting because you have Gen Z saying like this is where I'm getting my information. I'm getting a lot of valid news sources. Every, listen, every social media has fake news too, but there are a lot of valid news sources as well on TikTok. Yeah, it's not yeah. just people dancing around, and I think that's the big misconception about that particular social media app. There's a lot of great content creators that are delivering factual, helpful information on everything from mental health to exercise to recipes. And I think a lot of people have found their niche in that world. And politicians that are just saying, hey, we're seeing, you know, dancing teens. I'm like, um, that means your algorithm. That's what you're watching. Well, that's <laughs> your not algorithm what they're worried TikTok. about. They're not really Ooh. worried about the content. They're worried about China's access to the spyware aspect yeah yeah that's what they're absolutely. worried absolutely but the american companies are doing the same thing it's just that yes. it's within our country like they're we have no privacy with facebook or instagram 
I understand I it's not selling international secrets, but they're all doing something on this level. Right. There's no doubt. But and, and Congress has never, ever tried very hard to monitor what companies do with all of our information, which is the base of the problem is that they just refuse to do anything about anything. Right. And that's where I kind of side with Gen Z on this. They're like, if you're going to ban social media, if you're going to ban TikTok, you've got to ban all of them. You've got to bring Facebook and Instagram into that circle as well, because they've done plenty uh, of damage. And we've seen that in our own, the way information is delivered. Yeah. And and, in European countries have done a bunch of stuff to Facebook and find them tons of money for all of the stuff that they've been doing over there. So it, it can be done. We just have a very apathetic Congress. Absolutely. And so it's just, I always think it's weird when they sort of, you know, pick and choose what they're going to, yeah. you know, create drama over. And I'm like, honestly, yeah. like, let's have protections all across the board. I understand completely the situation yes. of like the China aspect coming that coming into like international relations that that is a whole different level than Facebook and Instagram. But a lot of the privacy issues go across the board with any social media app. Yeah, this time we really mean it. <laughs> we mean it. <laughs> we really mean it this time. We're going to do yeah. something. I want to ask you, and everybody. It's just funny question. watching the congressional hearings because TikTok is just making fun of every, you know, guy who clearly has used his congressional aides to get like downloaded on really what TikTok's about. They haven't spent any time on the app and they're trying to explain it themselves. And you're like, no, that's not really how it works. No. <laughs> no, I could see that. Absolutely. Tom spends a lot of time on TikTok. Yeah, no. I'm always like, get off TikTok already. Never been on <laughs> it. Never will dancing be on videos. It. I would love to see that. <laughs> yeah, I don't go on social media. I, I know a lot of people are probably pissed off me because they, you know, they listen to the new show and then they reach out to me on Facebook and all that stuff. But I don't go on social media. I just have no interest in it whatsoever. It's just, it's not for me. That's all I'm saying. Well, we it's use social media. Health. Yeah, but we do have to use social media. No, I understand. You, you have to talk to all the people. There's no question about that. I just, what I do, to, instead of being on social media, I just have my own Chinese weather balloon go over the United States, and then I <laughs> pick up all the data that I need, and then I pass it along. There you go. You know what I mean? Now, you spying on my pool area yesterday? Yes, it was me spying. I was spying on your pool area. There's no question about it. I just pretty sure of that. Yeah, what are you going to do? So uh, what are you going to do an hour and five minutes from now? Oh, my goodness. I am going to be, to much to my chagrin, be turning on my television uh, because, obviously, the arraignment will be happening. Yeah. I expect a media spectacle. And, yeah. yep. and that's exactly, you know, for people um, who want Donald Trump to go away, just by tuning in, I have to because of my job, but understand that by tuning in, you're letting the media know that you are interested in this because ratings always go through the roof anytime something yes. happens with Donald Trump. Yep. And they continue to co- cover because guess what? They're making advertising dollars. They're getting clicks off their website. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you want him to go away, if you're just like, I'm so tired of him and I don't want to see him, then you should shut down your phone and your laptop and the TV. No, I agree with you. I just, I'm not going to watch a lot of it. I'm going to watch probably the very beginning, and that's about it. Just to see well, if anything interesting. Well, there are a lot of interesting things going on. How, I mean, they're changing laws. Yep. No, they are. <laughs> they're yeah. cha- actually changing laws so they can get after him. Now, I don't, you know, when, once again, I don't, I don't like Donald Trump. I really don't. But 
if you're going to change laws just so you can get somebody, you know, legally uh, to someone with his status, a prior president, just think what they can do to just, you know, me. This or is you happening or, in every state, too. And it's I want to say scary. it's happening on both sides of the fence. If you're watching what's happening in Tennessee, there's things that have been happening in Florida over the last couple of days. Just pay attention mm-hmm. to what's happening in your state um, to understand because we are it's keeping the same people in power with all of these, the way they're changing laws. And it's keeping all of us in the dark. Yep, it's I scary. I like it. It is. Kristen, I have a question for you about that. Um, do you think this will after this appearance at uh, two o'clock, is it? Uh, yeah, it's it's two fifteen. I think it's two fifteen Eastern time. Correct. Is that correct? Correct. Uh, if they think that this is going to be the end of it, I'm tell- they're going to go after all these politicians now. This is never ever going to stop. Now that they've opened this Pandora's box, yep. it's never going to stop. See, that's the uh, that's the thing. Ugh. I mean, we've just we have this vindictive, childish political system yeah. now. Yep. We don't like him, so we're going to change laws so we can get him. Oh, well, if you're going to do that, then we're going to finally go after you for all the stuff, the same exact stuff that you did that now Mm -hmm. you're changing laws to go after our guy. I mean, it's just Biden will probably find himself in that position at some point, too. Just it's tit for tat kind of situation. And uh, Donald Trump, he's got Georgia, the Georgia case with the election to worry about. And he also has his classified document situation with the FBI and the Department of Justice to be concerned with. He's got a lot of legal cases that are not going his way right now. That could change, but right now, neither of those cases are going in his favor either. No, they're not. And I just, I don't know. Like I said, once you, you go after a former president of the United States, that means the doors are all open and everybody's going to go after everybody else now. There's, just, there's nothing to stop them anymore. Well, uh, the American taxpayers have paid out... Um, over a hundred million dollars in hush in sexual harassment payouts. I think it's over a period of ten or fifteen years. So the Amer- American public has been bailing out politicians for the same kind of charges. I I mean just to keep people quiet. This hush money stuff Why? that they do. Why are we doing that? Because we because they're politicians because they and can't stop sexual they, harassing. We, yeah, we can't seem to stop people from yeah. sexually harassing people, and we can't seem to finally be able to fire people that do it. We just pay people off so that we don't uh, make Congress look bad or a senator look bad. We're just so interested in how people look so that their team will like them. It's just we have like a said, case it's, in it's, California it's, with sexual harassment that's going on with a very powerful Democratic couple and they've sort of been the face of like the very progressive left. And, you know, and they they are the people that go on social media. You guys all know them that uh, that type of couple that's like, we're so in love. I love you. Like back and forth on social media. Oh, my husband oh, yeah. husband's so handsome. That. And I always think, oh, what's going on behind closed doors? Because it's, <laughs> I always feel like it's yes. overcompensation. Like I love my husband, but I'm not constantly praising him on my social media page, like I'll tell him in person, you know what I mean? Uh, and he is now, um, charged with sexual harassment. And of course his wife is a part of California labor board head. He's had to resign. He went to rehab. He's being sued. Now, allegedly she has harassed the victim in this case. I mean, it is a mess, but 
it is one of those situations that um, you just really doesn't matter who the politician is, doesn't matter the party, but guys, everyone has to get that sexual harassment under control. We're in 2023, people. Yeah, leave people alone. (laughs) Flirt with people that want you to flirt with them. Well, let me ask you that question. KB1 and KB2, have you ever been sexually harassed by anyone? Yes. Yeah. You have. Jeez, and you have too. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have called it that back in those days when um, I was working in, you know, offices with a lot of guys around. Mm -hmm. I would I I would have thought of it as more or less just kind of flirting. But when I look back and think about some of the stuff that happened, it was definitely harassment. Really? (laughs) Yeah, we just didn't. I guess we just at one point we just kind of expected guys to act a certain way and they got away with it. Yeah, we just were like, man, man, man. You didn't want to make everybody mad, and you didn't want to say something because then, if you did, then you were the bitch in the office. Yeah. And it just, um, and just stuff that guys say at bars and just on the Walking street. Walking down the street yes, in New York absolutely. City, you will get sexually absolutely. harassed. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah. Oh yeah. Really. Oh, I think Alex used to talk about that, that oh, yeah. she'd get harassed constantly what? when she lived in just, New York. Yeah, rude, rude gestures. Yeah, that's why when you learn to just not look at people when you're walking down the street, you just don't, you know, I mean, you're aware, but you mm-hmm. don't make eye contact. You know, there's a certain, there's a knack to it where you just can sort of ignore everybody but see everything at the same time. And most women have figured out how to do that. Because otherwise you're going to be like, oh, God, gross. What's that guy doing? You know, it's always something. And we are back with Stretch's picks. Who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre. Saber and Brian doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit saberheating.com. I, I don't think I've left the house with the dog, walking the dog, without somebody making some sort of a comment. Even really? if it's just about my outfit. There's always something about your appearance. People just have to comment on it. Really? Yeah. I don't know what it is. So, Kristen, do you agree with that? You, do you get... Do you get- I guess kind of, I don't know, it's not really harassed, but, or would you consider that harassment? No, I guess, I mean, if somebody says, you know, gee was I love your outfit, or, oh, your legs look very strong. I wish I had your strong legs. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> What's that mean even? Yeah, you know, I just, it just, there always has to be a comment about my appearance. And I just think, that I don't like go out of my way to dress for comments about my appearance. I, I kind of down dress. So I don't attract attention. I don't love tons of attention when I'm just walking down the street, whatever. It's just not my jam. I can see that. Yeah. Kristen, what do you think? Did we lose Kristen? Did we lose Andy? Uh, Yep, she's back. Oh, you're back. I got dropped somehow, and I was, like, writing notes to Andy. I'm like, I got dropped. I'm here. (laughs) Why did you hang up on me? What did I ever do? (laughs) What did I do? What did I say? (laughs) So, Kathy, you might want to repeat what you said because she didn't hear you. What did you hear, Kristen? Um, My diatribe. I think the last thing thing you were saying you got sexually harassed for what you wore, maybe. No, I was just saying that we, you know, just people have to make comments about 
you know, everything. When I, I'm walking down the street, I rarely walk around without somebody making some sort of comment, whether it's a woman about my outfit or something. It's just people have to say stuff. And I'm, I'm always like, I don't look at people because I've developed that way of, you know, you, you're aware of your surroundings, but you don't meet people's eye a lot of times just so that you don't have to engage with, you know, most of the time it's something negative. I think women kind of have that as a defense mechanism. Yeah, sometimes you feel the male gaze and you know it when it's unwanted, when it's uncomfortable, and you just think, there's no way I am not going to beat your eyes because it's just it's going to lead into a direction I, I don't want to listen to and I don't want to have to, like, laugh this off, walk away, whatever. Right. Yeah, I remember telling Alex. Alex had this friend when she was in high school who ha- stared at people. Just stared at everybody. She just really? had this weird thing about staring at people. And I said, you know, <laughs> you might want to think about that. Because right. some people are going to take that as an invitation. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't, you know, like telling you this. I wish that women didn't have to consider these things. But when you're staring at someone, someone's going to think that that's an invitation to come up and start being really rude. And I, I, I remember just thinking, oh, I wish I didn't have to have this conversation. But she it's was frustrating. But I, don't you think that Me Too in some ways helped in terms of, you know, not not running on the Internet and outing people. But in, in terms of like, I feel more empowered and maybe better able to handle it, the situation now where I'm just like, I'm not going to care about the balance of power anymore. I'm like, if you're going to sexually harass me, I'm going to call you out right in the moment. Yeah, I agree. It de- definitely did raise awareness to it but at the same time i still when i walk down the street i don't like look i don't look people in the eye that much i you know i i kind of acknowledge that they're there but i don't i don't unless somebody's walking right by me and we're talking about our dogs or you know it's a little nod or a hey i just i just stay in my own little bubble and try not to engage because i don't want to hear it i don't want to have to call anybody out Right. And there's plenty of men who were not scared by the Me Too movement whatsoever and just continue to do it. And right. women, too. I don't want to. Th- there's been situations where women do it, too. It's not exclusively yeah. men. Absolutely. I don't know. It's just it's just a strange thing that men just don't have to deal with. They don't think about it. And I've had those discussions with my husband like, oh, you when you walk down the street, you never have to look over your shoulder because some man is walking even just a little too close to you. And it feels uncomfortable and they could be so harmless and they're just not even thinking in their, in their own world. But I'm like, I'm looking over my shoulder yeah. to make sure you're not going to scoop me up. I'm five, three. I don't have a yeah, lot of fight, in to me, fight unfortunately. Back. <laughs> <laughs> I come from a lot of pocket sized women, you know, like, <laughs> I, I carry pepper spray with me everywhere now. Good. Because Good of that. Move. Yeah, yeah, there's a um, the woman that cuts my hair down here in Florida. She's really, really tiny, and she's so cute. And she's she, there's this Walmart. She's like, I can't, I won't go into that Walmart by myself. She's Hispanic, and she's like, I won't go in without my husband because I'm too little to fight. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that Walmart's that bad? <laughs> What's going on at your Walmart? But... I know. I'm like, I know I'm afraid of Walmart. <laughs> but I think she sounds cute that she's too little to fight. I don't know. Yeah. I want to be friends with her. <laughs> she's. She's really cute, really funny. <laughs> but yeah, those are things that my husband never thinks about. And sometimes we'll talk about it. He goes, wow, I never thought about that. I'm like, oh, I think about it every day. 
Cause I go for yeah, a walk in my yeah. neighborhood every day and I change up my walking path every day. Sure. For a reason. Absolutely. Yeah. The stuff. And, and I mean, no matter how empowered you feel or think that you are, you still have to, it's still a reality that some guy could do something. You know, I'm no matter how strong you are, you're not a match to some, to a lot of people. So it's just not, it's not worth it. So it's better to just be safe. hundred percent. Mm-hmm. I would imagine so. Did you guys see this latest story on James Patterson? No. Mm-mm. This guy has sold more books than any living human being, oh, and he's... now they're going after him. Why are they going after him? Even though James Patterson is a world record holder for repeatedly hitting the top New York Times bestseller list, one of his recent nonfiction books didn't receive much love, and he's crying foul. Oh, Patterson tweeted an open letter to the paper stating that the Times method of statistically weighing sales to place books in their list positions uh, lacked statistical rigor and results in cooked data. In an appearance on Fox News, Patterson discussed how his nonfiction book, Walk the Blue Line, No Right, No Left, Just Cops, Telling Their True Stories to James Patterson, did not chart as a bestseller, even though, according to BookScan data, it sold more copies than seven other books that are on the list. <laughs> so there there is a lot of cooking with the New York Times list. And yes, the New there York is. Times yeah. now make, they make it that notation now if someone bought like mass amounts so that you know like, hey, it's probably like, you know, if it's a political book, like a donor probably bought, you know, 10,000 copies or something, they will mm-hmm. make a note of that. Mm. There was a guy from Minnesota, can't say who he was, but he's written a few books. And uh, as it turns out, a lot of times he bought the first 10,000 copies of them. Is his name Garrison? <laughs> no, no, it is not. Garrison Keeler. <laughs> Behave. Matter of fact, I got to call Garrison one of these days. I, I haven't talked to him in a while. But in any case, yeah, I mean, you're James Patterson. I've never seen him as a political figure, have you? Is it, I did see, don't see him as a Republican nor a Democrat, do you? No, I, I honestly, and, and I'm just going to say this just from an outside perspective, I haven't mm-hmm. read one of his books probably since the 90s, and that's what makes me think of this. Is he appealing to Gen Z at this point? Maybe he is just someone whose work appeals to a different generation, and he's not mm-hmm. capturing another generation that needs to keep his success going. It's funny you bring that up because just about two weeks ago, I noticed for the first time, and then I watched several days in a row, you never see people under 40, maybe 35, ever carrying a book with them. Andy, do you think people your age and younger just don't read books? Do they do it all online? Do they do it on a... If you're going to read a book, you're probably going to do it on a phone or an e-reader. Yeah, like an actual go. literal book? No. Nobody buys those, really. Nobody buys books anymore, do they? Nope. And, and also, um, listening to audiobooks. Like, I am such a podcast person. It's so easy for me to download an audiobook and then yeah. go out yep. on my one-hour walk and, and listen. Yeah, it's that's the a other thing. Escape. A book mm-hmm. is something you have to just sit there and read and do nothing else. Whereas if you're listening to a podcast or something like that, you can do that while doing basically anything. And you know what's funny about that? I will only read books because I love how a book feels in my hands. I've always liked that since I was a little kid. And I have a certain, like, nostalgic, you know, feel like, about that. Yeah. You know, like yep. opening up a book and that sort of the thing. Smell. Yeah. The smell, the, the you guys. smell it's of the so books. Good yeah. when you crack open a hardcover. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like oh, all you your go. new school supplies in the fall. But I mean, it's just like, you know, you've got other things to do. 
Yeah, that's true. That is true. So I don't know. I just got to finish this last paragraph in that James Patterson story. Fox's outkick queried the Times, asked if the uh, raw sales numbers weren't the sole factor in what determined a book's position on the bestseller list. What other data do they use? The paper responded that its lists are rooted in analyzing sales numbers from tens of thousands of brick-and-mortar stores of all sizes and numerous online book-selling vendors to best represent what is selling across the United States. Patterson has a other publishing and book-selling uh, beefs in the last couple of years as well, stepping into hot water in June 2022 when he told the U.K. Sunday Times that older white males were being discriminated against in the publishing industry. Well, they probably are. Wouldn't you agree that they are? Probably. New York Times? I mean, Absolutely. I don't know. I was like, Prince Harry's been like number one <laughs> for weeks and weeks on the New York Times bestseller list. So he's white Yeah, now. but he's not an American. There's a big difference. As long as, it, as, long as the royalty. white guy is not American. And yeah, if not yeah. for Megan, no one would care about him. Exactly. That's very true. That is very, very true. I, I just can't believe this guy has kept the, the selling books in the in the spotlight. I mean, he's I don't know how many hundreds and hundreds and millions of books that he's sold, and they're the first they he's the first guy they turn on. What the hell is that? I don't know. We need to hear the other side of the, to this story too. I would like to know. What yeah, their thoughts should, are. yeah. What I don't well, understand we... is why he's still writing books. Because he's a billionaire, so he doesn't oh, have to. That man is exactly. Go but like, he writes children's books and books. He does a lot of charitable writing. Uh, he does a lot more than just his genre. Go into is, space or like you know buy a solid gold jet or something like that. You know all you sorts go. of other things you could be doing. My Kristen, other thought is he had for quite a while where Hollywood was adapting a lot of his books for film, and they're not. Yes, is he missing some of that attention too? That can totally you know feel like you're being excluded from that narrative. You know what the first comment is on the James Patterson story? You ready? Trump syndrome. If I didn't win, it's rigged. Oh, Oh my God. Everything is going to be about Trump. It is. Always for the rest of our lives. 2,000 years from now, people are going to be like, this is just like that one time Donald Trump said that one thing. It's like, Jesus Christ. It really is that Trump derangement thing going on. It really is. Oh, God. Help us all. I just, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, here you go. Georgina C. Parker says, New York Times bestseller list has been an absolute joke for decades. I remember in the 90s when Howard Stern had the number one book in the country and the New York Times pretended it didn't even exist. Yeah, they just, the list is basically made up. It is made up. And I have a feeling you can pay some uh, unofficial funds to maybe get a spot on that list. This is cold, by the way. That that line, a New York Times pretended it didn't uh, exist. Right under that, it says, "Wow, remember Howard Stern?" <laughs> oh, yeah. oh no, wow. that is cold, man. It's gotta I'd hurt. be curious, like how the New York Times bestseller list stacks up against Amazon's list, because right, right, we. I, I mean, I'm buying everything off of Amazon normally. I love it. All right, young lady, another brilliant report. I thought. Well, thank you, and I'll try and deliver another brilliant one tomorrow morning. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll talk to you in the morning. Bye. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot. That's going to do it, everyone. Have a magnificent day. Talk to you tomorrow.